Hello, dog lovers. This is Krista with episode number 31 on the Wag Out Loud podcast. And here's today's canine fun fact. A female dog carries her young about 60 days before the puppies are born. Welcome to the Wag Out Loud podcast, where we are obsessed with bringing you helpful tips on canine health care, nutrition, and overall well-being. If you'd like to support the show, check out the products and resources that I personally recommend on the Wag Out Loud website. I'm your host, Krista Karpowicz, and I'm super excited to be bringing you yet another tail wagging episode. Hello, dog lovers. I am so glad that you're here because today we're going to be learning about some pretty fascinating stuff. Here with me is B. Solomon, who is certified in yoga and as a meditation instructor as well. And she's been working in the wellness industry for almost 30 years. She lives in Los Angeles with her eight-year-old certified therapy dog, Klaus, her four-year-old Chihuahua mix, Bambi, and her 30-year-old Senegal parrot, Pierre. B, it is so great to have you with us. Thanks. It's great to be here. Well, I am super interested in chatting with you today because I know I'm going to learn a lot about a topic that I didn't even know was a thing until I met B. And we are going to talk today about dog yoga and meditation. So B, why don't we break this down first? What is dog yoga? And is it also called doga? It is. <laughs> so there, I mean, there are so many aspects to dog yoga. I think a lot of people, especially people that have never been to a yoga class, think that it's a workout and stretching. And so people always ask, well, how do dogs do yoga? Do you stretch the dogs? Do you stretch? Um, but actually, yoga is a whole lot more than just a workout or exercise. There's a mental component to it. There's reflection on ourself. There's so much to it. So in dog yoga, we actually use the dogs to assist us in our practice. And then they also benefit as well because there is some stretching that we do both for the humans and for the dogs and also calming our energy, giving uh, the dogs an opportunity to be an environment that is calm because normally when dogs are around other dogs in a group, it's typically at a dog park where it's very chaotic and high energy and they have a great time and they love it, but it's also nice to give them the opportunity to be around other dogs in an environment that is calm as well. Mm -hmm. So Right. Okay, so set the scene for us. This is a regular yoga class for people, for you and I, and we just happen to bring our dogs along. Yeah, so it's a whole lot more. So I'll, I'll take you through exactly what we do. Okay. So we, we do the class in a circle. Typically yoga classes, there's a front and a back, but we go in a circle and we either have a mat or a towel, typically both. And the first thing we do is allow the dogs to go from one towel or mat to the next to catch each other's scent. That's really important for dogs. It's how they say hello. Um, but we don't want to get them too excited or playful. We're trying to calm their energy. But that is a necessary part. So we do that. We go in a circle, allow the dogs to have an opportunity to catch each other's scent. And then we all have a seat. I explain a little bit about what we're going to do in class. And the first part we do is a meditation exercise. 
So I, you know, when I, when I have class, people are always nervous that their dog is going to misbehave or bark or not settle down. And I explain to people that that is okay. In fact, what we're trying to do is not get enrolled in our dog's reactive behavior. So that's part of our practice is staying in a calm, peaceful state of mind. So even if our dog barks or is excited um, or wants to move, we try to stay in a calm, peaceful state of mind, which is a great practice in controlling our reactive behavior. Um, typically, especially at one of the examples I always use is when in traffic, you know, people get so enraged at each other and are very reactive. So when we're doing this, we are practicing being in a, an environment that can sometimes get a little bit chaotic, but we're staying in a calm state of mind. So that is the initial part of the practice. And then we try to calm our dogs, as you know, um, and I'm sure most of the people listening, dogs can sense our energy. And so we are practicing being in a calm state of mind. And we do that through um, breathing exercises. Sometimes uh, I'll tell people if you're, if you're struggling, think of a word like peace or or calm or whatever your word is that helps you relax. And we visualize sending that energy into the dog. So that really helps us when we have something to, especially for those of us, I mean, starting a meditation practice is, is so challenging for so many of us to quiet our mind. But if we have somewhere to focus our attention and, and awareness, especially a dog, something that we love so much, it allows us to help to be in that calm state of mind. So that's what they do. And it's amazing really how the dog's react to this and start to be in that calm and peaceful place. So after that exercise, we go into the stretching. And I and I do teach people how to do some stretches for their dogs, which, you know, we, we can actually learn a lot from the dogs. I mean, downward dog and upward dog, you'll <laughs> notice every time your dog, either typically after they eat or when they get up from rest, they do these two stretches. And so if they know instinctively that that's important well, it probably is important for us to do it as well. So um, we do a lot of downward dog, upward dog for us. And then I, again, I, I do show people stretches that they can do with their dog and how to teach their dog to go into these stretches. They're not always willing to do it in the class, but I teach people how, um, if they would like to stretch their dog, how they can develop a home practice doing that. That is so cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And how big is a typical class? How many people with their dogs usually attend? Oh, it varies. I've done one-on-one -on -one sessions. I think the biggest session I've ever done was maybe 26, which that was a little bit. I, I prefer a smaller group. <laughs> um, yeah, with so many different dogs, it, it gets a little chaotic. So it's better to do a, a smaller intimate group. But yeah, I've done all... I've done, and everywhere I've done inside the gyms, in the studio, outside in the park, um, in meditation studios, all over the place. Yeah, in stores, I've done it in um, in clothing stores, Lululemon, all that. So yeah, we've we've gotten around. Yeah. And so people, if they want to look for a dog yoga class in their area, I I noticed online that they are pretty much everywhere. Yes, if you Google it, it, it shows up. Yeah, it's um, it's been around for, I mean, you can find a yoga. Now they have goat yoga, cat yoga. <laughs> There's a, pretty much any animal I think you could probably, and everyone has a different approach too. Um, I think everyone has their own take. I know some of the classes, they just 
have the animals wandering around while you're doing a typical yoga class as well. So um, they're all a little bit different. So I would imagine some of the benefits of doing yoga with your dog would, of course, number one, be bonding with your dog. Absolutely. The physical health benefits for both you and them. Relaxation, which we all need from our stressful lives. Yes. And I can only imagine that it also serves as a little bit of entertainment. Yes, it always does. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it always does. (laughs) And then socialization for yourself. So you can be with other people that love dogs and it would be a great atmosphere for your dog to be social with other people and other dogs. So I think it's great. Yeah, especially dogs that have a hard time that are high anxiety, giving them that ability to be around other dogs in a calm environment, I think is really beneficial as well. Right. Okay, so let's take this a step further and talk about meditation with our dogs. Where do you want to start? Okay, so okay, so meditation with dogs. You know, I really feel well. I'll just tell you a little bit of a story of how I embarked on my meditation practice. You know, when I was a child, I had a very active mind and um, was a, a busy body and had really struggled with focus. But what I noticed was when I was outside and I would listen to birds chirping. I would become very calm and was able to be very still. And then I noticed, and I don't know if it was my imagination, uh, that I started to feel like the birds were actually speaking to me. And I think many times when we are connecting to a higher power, at first it might feel like our imagination until we start seeing things happen in our life that's confirmation like, wait a minute, this wasn't my imagination. When our uh, intuition starts getting developed, when we can almost... um, not not exactly psychic, but can predict events that are happening by signals that we get outside of us. So I would hear these birds chirping and I almost pretended they were speaking a language that only I could understand and interpret. And then I got, as I got older and I continued this, I really started seeing that when I would listen to birds chirping in a calm state of mind, the messages that I would get actually started playing out in my life in ways that were really big. And you know when you have those moments when you're like, whoa, how did this just happen? And so that really assisted me in developing a meditation practice. And I feel like connecting with animals. So, you know, animals, I believe. And, and you know, the things I teach, so many of them are not things that I read in a book or I learned in a class or things that I actually developed from my practice. So I always tell people, if something I am saying rings true for you, then go with it. And if it doesn't, then don't. You know, you have to connect to what feels right and true to you. So, but I discovered and I believe that animals and nature have a direct connection to a divine energy or source or the creator or light or God or whatever your your definition for that energy is. I do believe that animals have this connection to it. Mm-hmm. 
And so when we meditate with our, especially our dog or a cat or a pet or, you know, something in nature that we love, it can assist us in removing some of the blockages, um, typically our ego mind, and develop our sense of awareness and consciousness so we can open ourselves up to developing our, our intuition, to connecting to that source and being able to make um, better choices in our life. So I really, you know, we're hearing so much about mindfulness and meditation. Now it's just such a growing movement, which is so wonderful. And doing it with your pet can really assist in starting a practice and even developing an existing practice. I totally agree. And I would think that your dog or any pet would, if you're meditating, they would just be drawn to your peaceful energy. Oh, absolutely. They are. They can feel it. Yeah. And they connect to it. Right. And do you recommend just being outside or in your house in a quiet place or have music on? Or I know that there's a type of walking meditation that you can meditate with your dog on a walk. You want to talk about that? Absolutely. And I think that's a wonderful way to get started because many of us, you know, our foot is on the gas pedal all day long and we really have trouble slowing our mind. And even myself, I find so often when I'm walking the dogs and I have tasks to do, I'm thinking about what I need to do next. And then I remember, wait a minute, you love walking these dogs. This is your moment. Get present. Get in the moment. So that is a wonderful opportunity to start a practice, to take a moment before you take your walk, to take a deep breath and say, okay, this is my opportunity to be present. I'm going to be present because our dogs are so present. You know, they're so in the moment. They get over things so quickly. They don't carry a grudge. They don't hold on to things. We really can learn so much by the way they are in the world. So it's a wonderful practice before you go on the walk to take that moment and say, I'm going to use my dog as a reminder to stay present and notice what's around you. Notice the trees. Take deep breaths. Just have an awareness of the present moment and notice if your mind is wandering on your to-do task or things outside of the moment and don't judge yourself for it. That's okay. Part of the practice practice is having an awareness of when our mind is wandering either to the past or to the future, and then making a conscious choice to bring it back to the present moment. And our dogs can help uh, remind us to do that. That makes total sense. Do you have anything else you would like to talk about with meditation before we move on? You know, one thing as far as our connection to our dogs and how they can help us is that I believe that something that separates us from connecting to source or divine energy. Well, we have we have two things that separate us actually from our dogs and why I believe that dogs have this more direct connection. We have one thing that can bring us closer and one thing that takes us further. The thing that can take us further is our ego. And what is our ego? It's our self-image. It's uh, our identity or how we see ourselves in the world that can actually cause separation from source. And then we have our consciousness, which is our ability to reflect upon ourself and our thoughts and our awareness. So being around our, our dogs, you know, our dogs are unconditionally loving. 
And really, source is the energy of unconditional love. Mm-hmm. So being around art, that's one of the reasons why, um, and just how we were reflecting on taking a walk for meditation. I recommend however it works for you, however you can be in stillness, whether that's putting on music, taking a walk, being in a, being in a quiet room, whatever helps you begin your practice, even one mindful breath makes a difference. So even if it's just holding your dog in your lap and placing your hand on their body and just taking a breath, feeling the sensation of your lungs expanding and contracting, or even coordinating your breathing with theirs to help you tune into them, um, will be an assistance in your practice and connecting to that unconditional love, which is just such a wonderful thing to circulate through our body. I mean, our cells are responding to our thoughts. Stress is a physical manifestation of our thoughts. So if we can bring our thoughts to that place of unconditional love and peace, that is going to circulate through our body and it's actually very healing to us. I agree. Isn't it so wonderful? It's so wonderful. And I mean, that's what all, you know, dog lovers, we all, yeah, you can see into their soul and the purity because they don't have that ego. They're so pure. And so bringing ourselves into alignment with that energy, we can feel it circulate through our body. It, it is. It's so wonderful. I love it too. <laughs> Let's move on to you do therapy dog work. I do. Oh, it's one of my favorite things to do in, my, in the world. <laughs> well, why don't you tell everybody about Klaus and what makes him special as a therapy dog? Well, so I first met Klaus when I was volunteering with a program, a wonderful non-for-profit called Canine Connection, who works with underprivileged teenagers and shelter dogs and uh, brings the shelter dogs into the schools the kids get to select, they, they apply to be in the program. Um, they get community service hours for being in our program. They get to choose a dog from the shelter that they'd like to learn how to train. And uh, after the end of the three-week program, the dogs are more adoptable because they've been trained and the kids really bond and learn uh, from these dogs. So Klaus was in that program. And after three weeks with him, I bonded. I just, I, I could see he was such a special soul. I was not planning on on getting a pit bull. I had two chihuahuas <laughs> at the time who have since passed my first two dogs, but um, he just I, he just captured my heart. So I, I did adopt him. And then we he went on to get his uh, certification through the Alliance of Therapy Dogs, which is a wonderful and I must say very, very thorough uh, therapy dog certification. It consists of, well, <laughs> there's a whole lot to it. First, a background check on me, making sure that I'm, you know, uh, proper for the job. And then we go on to him. It uh, starts with a temperament test. And they test him in every situation. Being around other barking dogs, he has to have a proper heel. He has to be non-reactive in all types of environments outside in a park. Um, they do everything. They pull his tail. They pull his ears. They, you know, just making sure that he's completely non-reactive and well re- 
well adjusted. And then after that, it's followed up by four assisted living facility, supervised assisted living facility visits. And just making sure that he doesn't jump up on people, which was the hardest part of us for us to get that because he is a hugger. And um, so I did have to train him to stay on all four paws. And and when we were in those facilities and and doing that, and then once he passed those, that he got his uh, certification. And where do you take Klaus to be a therapy dog? Well, it's wonderful because the Alliance sends out emails um, for all kinds of opportunities. So if anyone is interested in having a therapy dog at their facility, they can just send them an email. And then the Alliance sends out an email to all of the handlers who have uh, certified dogs, and then they get to choose. One of my favorite programs that we do is at the airport. It's uh, LAX PUPS. So PUPS stands for Pets Unstressing Passengers. I love it. I know that they do that here too. It's wonderful. Oh, isn't it so great? Yeah, I found out about it once when I was in the airport and stressed out myself and there was a dog with a pet me vest and I said, what is this? This is fantastic. And she told me about the program and, um, oh, I said, I have a dog that's made for this because his favorite thing is the initial greeting. People say that their dogs are loyal. I'm like, this dog would leave me for a greeting any day. He loves, he's so social. He loves everybody. And his favorite thing in the world is meeting new people. He just gets so excited to meet new people. And so um, we go to the airport and we walk the terminal with this pet me vest on and people approach us and they're always surprised. They're like, wait, I can pet this dog? Like, because normally you see a dog with a red vest, it's a service dog, you can't pet them, but these dogs are there for petting. And I have just met so many wonderful, lovely people volunteering. And um, he's so good with kids too. I love it. He just knows to be gentle and even babies. And I just love having that experience and he loves the experience and the and the people in the airport we all enjoy it and especially because he is a pit bull and there are a lot of people that have never even interacted with a pit bull and you know sometimes they get a bad rep and he's just such a beautiful representative for the breed that I, I love being there and 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 having people see what a, a social happy friendly guy he is That sounds like a win-win for everybody. It is. It's so wonderful. And you know, (laughs) afterwards, I feel so good. Like I leave there and I feel on top of the world. And it really shows when, you know, volunteering and giving back and when you, it just reinforces to me, when you are a source of joy for other people, joy flows through you. You know, anything that you do for other people, it flows through you first. So when I leave there, it is the best feeling in the world. I, I'm addicted to it. I really am. I love it so much. We, we we both really enjoy doing it. I get it. Yeah. Winston, we used to do therapy dog work. And I know in addition to airports, there's so many programs, uh, children's reading programs. Yes. Hospice, yes. hospitals, children's hospital, and as you mentioned, the assisted living facilities. So Winston knows so many tricks just because he was a therapy dog and people wanted more. You know, what yes. did you learn this week? What's <laughs> right? <you> know? <laughs> I know the same thing. I always feel like, oh, I need to teach him uh, increase his repertoire because they love watching that too as well, right? Yeah. The, the tricks are so entertaining and cute. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, B, how did you get started with all of these different ways to work closer with your dogs? You know, the opportunities just 
presented themselves. And I really feel that something that when you open yourself up to possibilities consciously, they will present themselves to you. And so like the airport opportunity did. Um, Another great way is just even online. There's so many organizations. I think I found Canine Connection through, oh gosh, I forget the name of it right now. But if you go online and you just Google your interests, there are so many organizations that are in need for volunteers. I know Canine Connection is always looking for volunteers. And especially if you love working with dogs, you know, and if you have a dog, that would be a great therapy dog, you know, looking into getting the certification. Right. But volunteering is wonderful. It always, you know, it just feels so good. And there's just so many opportunities to do so. I agree. Well, as I knew this was going to happen, we have run out of time. But B, if somebody would like to get a hold of you and learn more about any of the things that you're involved in, how can they get a hold of you? They can always contact me on my website, which is Dreams with Tales. T-A-I-L-S, of course, dreamswithtales.com. And they can also um, follow us on Instagram, which is all just the dogs. <laughs> I make a cameo every now and then, uh-huh. but mostly it's just the just the dogs. And my Instagram is the honeybee, and that's spelled the H-U-N-N-Y-B-E. Okay. Wonderful. Well, Dee, thank you so much for sharing this information with us. I I think that maybe some of our listeners are thinking differently, and it's comforting to know that there are even more ways that we can interact with our dogs that are good for both of us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I, I love talking about it, so this was so much fun. Well, thank you, Bee. Thanks for listening to the Wag Out Loud podcast. If you enjoy the show, please be sure to subscribe for free, and we'd love to hear your comments. You can find out more by visiting wagoutloud.com, and there you'll find great product recommendations and fantastic resources. That's also where you can visit our Bark About It page, where you can suggest topics, guests, or products. Please be advised that this show offers health and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You are encouraged to do your own research and should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your dog's health, you should always consult with a veterinarian or nutrition expert. I appreciate you. Catch you next time.